So, salt and light. Are you used to hearing that? It should be by now. It's our vision for this year. What God is really putting upon our hearts is that we need to be salt and light so that we can be the church. Salt and light, if we are salt and light, is going to make a difference. Salt enhances the flavour of food and brings out the best in it. And that's what we can do. We can, through, through being Jesus in the place, we can bring out the best in the situation. And light destroys darkness and brightens the way. And that's what God wants us to do as we are Him in places. He wants us to, you know, our very presence with Jesus in us destroys darkness immediately and helps to brighten the way. So we will make a difference if we are being salt and light. Jesus called us to be salt and light so that we will make a difference. Even, even in difficult times. Even when we're under pressure. And do we have the salt and light under pressure scene there just to remind us? So things can be going on all around us and it can be hard. We can still be salt and light. Do you believe it? Okay, by the power of Jesus. And uh, we've been looking at Old Testament characters. Two weeks ago, Graham spoke to us about Job. Wow, what pressure he was under. How he trusted God so that he could be salt and light. Jess spoke to us last week about Joseph. And today I'm going to talk to you about Mordecai. Hands up those who've heard of Mordecai. Okay, not everybody. So he's a lesser known character in the Old Testament. But nevertheless, he was under pressure and he was able to be salt and light and, um, and make a difference. So can you turn your Bibles to the Old Testament, to the book of Esther? You might need the um, contents to find that one. Not one that we go to that often, but Esther. While you're doing that, I'll quickly fill you in on a little bit of the story. It's a big story. And um, it starts out with the king wanting his queen, Queen Vashti, to come to a banquet so he can show her off because she was very beautiful. And so he called for her so that he could put her on display for all to see. And she refused. Well, you never refuse the king. So she was dethroned and excommunicated from the country, never to be seen again. Um, and so what happened then was that uh, the king then called for uh, virgins in the, in the country to be brought to him so that he could choose a queen. Now, in this situation, um, Esther was one of those young people that was brought to him. And eventually she was chosen. Now, you could think, Pam, why aren't you talking to us about Esther? She's obviously the hero of this story. And let me tell you, she is. And without taking away from her courage, wisdom and devotion, and honestly, um, she's an amazing woman and, and what she did for that nation and for God is incredible. And so I'm not taking away from her at all, but this morning I felt to focus on a lesser known yet Nevertheless, a hero of this story, a mid-level government official called Mordecai. Now, the interesting thing about Mordecai is he was just an everyday guy. And um, he just went about doing his thing from day to day, just every day doing what he needed to do. He lived his life God's way every day, every day. 
doing what was right. And perhaps in some ways, I think that we can relate to Mordecai because he was just an everyday person and did everyday things. He wasn't an appointed leader. He wasn't someone in the spotlight that everybody could see. Wow, look at that. And look at the difference that person's made. He was just, in some ways, he was behind the scenes. He was just going about what he had to do on a daily basis, probably what would seem to us in the little things. And yet that's who he was. And so perhaps we might be able to relate to him because he was just an everyday person. And so if we turn to chapter 2, let's read verses 5 to 11. At that time, there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa whose name was Mordecai, son of Jair. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and was a descendant of Kish and Shimei. His family had been among those who, with King Jehoiachin of Judah, had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. So this is a man in exile. The Jewish people had been exiled to Babylon. Babylon was a city that was part of the Persian Empire. This man had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin, Hadassah, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, were brought to the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Hegai's care um, in the palace. Hegai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned her seven maids, especially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Esther had not told anyone of her nationality, remember she also was in exile, and family background because Mordecai had directed her not to do so. Every day... Mordecai would take a walk near the courtyard of the harem to find out about Esther and what was happening to her. So how can we make a difference? How can we be salt and light? I think in that verse 11, here is the key. Every day. That's the key. Every day. If we want to be salt and light, it's not sometimes, it's not when we're on show, but it is every day consistent, faithful, doing what God's called us to do, whether we're noticed or not, whether it's small or big, it doesn't matter. It's about doing it every day consistently. And what his role was, was actually to be a father figure, a father. He became a father to Esther. And so every day, he made sure she was safe. Every day, he instilled wisdom and humility, and grace into her character. This is what being salt is. It's bringing out, he was bringing out the best in Esther. That He was being salt. He was making a difference. He was being light. He was showing her the way to go. He was telling her, don't tell them about your nationality yet. He was helping her to go forward and showing her the right way to go. And I was thinking about that when I was reading that And I was thinking, you know, this is a message for parents this morning. This is a message for people who have responsibility for raising children. 
And many of you here this morning do. And what I want to say to you is this. This is a message I believe God really put on my heart. Sometimes you can feel that you're at home and it's just hard. The kids are demanding and you're trying to do everything and you feel like it's just difficult. And you can get stressed and strained, particularly with younger children. I feel this message is particularly for people with younger children. And it can become tiring and demanding. And you feel like, who am I? Who knows even who I am? I'm just, a, I'm just like a, a, a cleaner or a cook or a nurse or a this or a that. That's what I'm doing. Well, this is what God says. He's saying to you every day, every day be faithful. Every day, no matter what it takes, sow in. Keep sowing in every day. No one may see it. No one be aware of what you do, that you're up through the night and that you're tired. No one may be aware that the children are demanding on your emotions and you're you're feeling stretched beyond limit. But God says, if you every day seek me, I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you every day. And as a result of that, you will see your children grow up to be children and then adults who are wise, who know the way to go. You've been able to bring out the best in them. You've been able to lighten the way for them so that they know the way to go. You are going to be making such a difference. You cannot imagine. So parents, take heart. Take a hold of Jesus every day. You can't be a parent without Jesus. It's too hard. But he loves those children. He gave them to you. He purposed their lives. He created them uniquely. And he gave them into your care. You. He chose you to be their mum and dad. And he wants you every day to consistently and faithfully serve him as a parent as a teacher, as a person who has responsibility for children. And if that's all we get out of the message this morning, I think that's enough because that's incredible. We make a difference to a generation when we minister faithfully every day into the lives of our young people. But the danger is that we underestimate the importance of this. It's very, very important and we think we're insignificant. Who am I? What difference can I make? I'm just one person. And you know, in an overpopulated world, it's easy to underestimate our significance or the significance of one. What can I, difference can I as an individual make to this big world? Well, you can give something so that people in Thailand can have toilets to use. That's making a difference. You know, you are the only one in the world. Nobody can do the things that God has called and gifted you to do. There's never been a you before and there never will be another one. You are the only one. Edward Hale puts it this way. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do.
That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, it's very powerful because we can say, oh, what good can I do? I can't do everything. Of course we can't do everything. That's okay. But God has called you. He has created you to do something. And if you don't do your something, nothing will happen. So let's be salt and light. Let's make a difference. Let's do our something. And if you are faithful in fulfilling your calling day in and day out, you will make a difference. I promise you that. Whether you're in, spot, in the spotlight or not, you will make a difference. You will bring out the God flavours in the world. You will bring out the God colours in the world. And the way we do it is every day, consistently, in everything. Now Mordecai could have thought, well, I did my job. I raised the child and um, now she's in the king's palace. She has the position. She has influence. So what more can I do? I can't make a difference now. Or he could have thought, I was exiled, I'm exiled from my country. And he could have thought, how can I make a difference? I'm one Jew in Persia. But you know, history is full of accounts of people, individuals, ones, who have made a difference. There have been military battles that have been turned on their head because of one person's heroic actions. There have been... Individual artists, scientists, inventors, explorers who have literally changed the course of history. There have been courageous preachers who have been prepared to go into places that no one was prepared to go. Individual people and because of that they've changed a nation. The face of the church was changed by significant people like Martin Luther John Calvin, John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, Dwight L. Moody, Billy Graham. One man, and yet how many thousands of people heard his message. And, you know, I can remember as a child I went forward at a Billy Graham crusade and thousands of people accepted Christ. You know, one man. Look at the difference. Or you can look at it from another angle. You could think, um, what difference would one vote make? We're coming up to the voting season. I'm not going to give a political message here. But let me tell you, your vote can make a difference. Pray and ask God how to vote and, and make sure that you do. Because did you know that in 1776, this is, this is really interesting. It's not scriptural or anything, but it's interesting. One vote, one vote gave America the English language instead of German. Just one vote. Imagine if it had gone the other way. In 1888, sorry, in 1868, one vote saved a then president from impeachment. In 1875, one vote changed France from a monarchy to a republic. And listen to this one. In 1923, one vote, one, gave Adolf Hitler control of the Nazi party. So one vote makes a difference. The power of one You are important. You can make a difference. And when we read scripture, we see time and time again how one person's prayers, one person's sacrifice, one person's effort changed the course of history and they made a difference. And in the book of Esther, one person stood up for what was right at great risk to herself and her people. And as a result, a whole nation was spared. But it was because one man, who was really unnoticed, stood behind her every day, doing what he needed to do, being a faithful parent. 
being a faithful Jew and encouraging her for such a time as this. You know, God is able to bring great results from what may seem insignificant or small. We need to learn that with God, there really are no small things because in his hands, he takes what's small and makes it great. Think about the little boy who bought the loaves and fishes. It was, he was just a little boy. Who was he? And he had a lunch. All he had to do was be willing to give it. And then God take that and took that and out of that, he, he fed 5,000 plus people with leftovers. You know, we can, we can cast off our contribution because it's little or we haven't got much to give or it's not that significant. Don't ever do that because you don't know what God's going to make of it. You just have to bring it. You just have to be faithful in bringing it. I heard the story of... Um, a couple in an, who were called to missionary service in India. And they went. And they served God faithfully in India for 50 years as a couple. They never had any children. They served him there faithfully. And in 50 years, one convert. Now you could think, oh, that's a lot of years to go there and just get one. And... Um, you could have felt, felt even discouraged, couldn't you? You could think, what have I done here? What difference have I made? 50 years, one convert. But that one convert, he became the leader of a family who is still a part of, of um, the Christian community in India and they brought the gospel to television so that millions of Indians hear the truth of Jesus. They have started Christian schools across India Christian orphanages across India, all from this one family. And now the family's still there, and I've met some of them. And so from that one convert has raised a family who are transforming India with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those people could have felt, what did we do? Yet it's because of their faithfulness, because they were willing to give, even without seeming to get anything back, even without probably, I don't know their name. So in some ways, they're unnoticed, but they're not with God. God sees all. And they will be honoured because of their faithfulness. And so let's not worry about the outcome. Let's just be willing to give what we have every day, consistently, so that we can make a difference. That's what being salt and light is. It's every day. It's not just sometimes or on the big occasions. It's every day. Every day, bringing something that can draw out the best in others. Every day, bringing brightness, dispelling the darkness because the darkness wants to take over. The darkness wants to destroy and, and take away hope, rob, steal, kill. That's what the darkness wants to do. But we are there to bring light, to bring hope and a way forward. So the first way, there's just two ways. On what, it's a simple message this morning. Firstly, being consistent every day. How else do, and from, do we learn from Mordecai that he made a difference? Was he salt and light? He was loyal. Loyalty is something in some ways these days that, uh, you know, it, it's, not, it's perhaps not as common as once it was. You know, people change really quickly. They're, they change, you know, life is very changing. And so loyalty is a, is a big thing. And being able to be loyal is, I believe, something that helps us to be able to make a difference. 
So Mordecai served in the king's palace. It wasn't his king. It was the king in the country where he was exiled. And he was loyal to both God and to the king. And now there was a new king, Nebuchadnezzar, um, you know, was no longer the king, and Ahasuerus the first was the king, and uh, he wasn't a great king. So you would think, why would Mordecai want to be loyal to him? You know, and also, he's experienced incredible injustice. And you know, one day during the course of his uh, duties. Mordecai finds out that these two guys are going to assassinate the king. They're plotting for this. And so what he could have done is thought, he's the enemy king. He deserves it. But he didn't. He, he was loyal. And so he went and told Esther about this. She was the queen now and told her and she told the king. They looked at the information and found out it to be true. And uh, the king was saved. And unfortunately, these men weren't. Now, you know, you won't think, well, being such a loyal subject, even although he wasn't even um, a Persian, he would have been rewarded for this, but he wasn't. He wasn't even noticed at all for that. And uh, in fact, an arch enemy, an Amalekite called Haman, he became the king's favourite and was, uh, became the prime minister. Now, Haman hated the Jews. And so what he did was he got the king to agree to make a decree, an order, that everybody had to bow down to the king. And uh, so this decree was put out. And of course, uh, Mordecai would not do this because that would have been bowing down to someone other than God. And so he refused to do it. This made Haman so angry. And so he went to the king and he said, that he actually offered him 10 to $15 million if he would order that all that any Jew who would not bow down would be hung on the gallows. And so he told the king, you know, these Jews, they're amassing wealth. They're going to take over this, this city if you don't act on this. They're refusing to do what you ask them to do. So there's going to be a big takeover. So if you want to be king, you better do something about this. So sure enough, he said, right. I agree. Any Jew who does not bow down will be, um, and, and they, you know, will be killed on the gallows. And they also looked at how they could get rid of their wealth. Now you can imagine Mordecai. He wanted to be loyal to the king, but his first loyalty is to God. And we've got to understand loyalty in terms of God, because God is who we are loyal to first. And sometimes we will have to make a decision. If we're loyal to, you know, to other people and they're causing us to go against what God wants, then we have to make a decision that, that it's loyalty to God first and then we go from there. So what Mordecai did was he put on in those days, um, if you were you know, um, devastated by what was going on, he, he put on um, sacks of sort of like and started mourning. I think they... Um, and he sat at the gate and he put sort of ashes all over himself. So he looked very upset. And so he's sitting at the gate mourning. And so it was clear to all that um, he was unhappy. And so Esther heard about this and she sent some people down and said, what's going on? And so he sent back and he said, Esther, you need to go before the king and ask for this to be changed. And she, she thought, if I go before the king... And I'm not called by him. 
I will be killed. And she didn't want to do this, but he said, this is what he said. Um, if, you, if you look at chapter 4 of Esther, verses 13 and 14. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. We'll go back to the NLT version. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. So now he's called, not only calling on, on himself, he, he needs to be loyal, but he's calling on Esther to be loyal. Now this is where that every day of sowing into her life comes to fruition. Every day, you know, when she was young and as she was being trained in those days, he was there sowing into her life, helping her to understand who God was. And because of that, she understood how important it was to be loyal to God. And so she had to have courage to be able to go before the king and to ask for this request. Now, it's a great ending to the story because the king doesn't kill her. And um, in fact, that as she appears, he, he shows his golden scepter and she comes and she asks. And um, there's a, it's a long, I won't go into it all now, but um, Haman's found out to be who he you know, that he's really a murderer and Mordecai's finally recognised it was him that saved the king in the first place and so it all ends well and uh, Haman's killed and Mordecai is on it. Now, it doesn't always end that way. It's sort of, I guess you could say that's like a fairy tale ending. But let me tell you this, it will always end well in terms of what God wants. He works all things together for good. Um, a couple of years ago when we were doing the um, Joseph um, series, we talked about 50-20 vision. And, uh, th- and what this is, is that seeing things the way God, what God, sorry, what Satan meant for evil, God turns to good. And that's what God will do. And it doesn't matter what the circumstance, he will work all things together for good. He promises that. That is one of his promises. So that's why we can be loyal to him, because he is faithful to his promises, even in the face of persecution. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Mordecai and Esther didn't decide on the spot, oh, will I be loyal now? A yes. They actually made a decision a long time before that that they were going to be loyal. They had already decided to be loyal to God. It wasn't come to the situation, now make the decision. They had made a decision before to be loyal so that when they're in the situation, the decision's already made. I will be loyal to God. And that's what we need to do. If we're going to make a difference, we need to make a decision about that If we're going to be salt and light, we need to make a decision. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be light. I'm going to make a difference. Once we've made the decision, we seek God and he shows us. But it's not like we get into a situation and think, oh, will I be salt? Will I be light? No, I don't think so. Not today. 
It's we've already made the decision. We've determined that. And remember that song we sing, I have decided no turning back. So once you make your decision, you're on the path. You've made the decision. And so no turning back after that. You keep going forward, doing what God says. Now, we have to keep in mind we won't do this in our own strength. We won't do this if we try to do it. If we strive to do it, we're not going to do it. We're not strong enough. We are weak. So we have to remember who it is behind all of this. Who was behind Mordecai? Who was behind Esther, Job, and Joseph? It was, it's God. And if we remember who he is, that's the way we're going to be able to stay faithful, loyal, consistent. Remember, I just want to read a few verses from Job 38 that Graham read. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined the dimensions? Think about the earth. Who determined the dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports the foundations of the earth? Think about the world. What supports it? And who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who kept the sea inside its boundaries? as it burst from the womb, and as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness. For I looked it, sorry, for I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. Think about the ocean. That's just one thing. Think about we stand there and this this amazing amount of water comes in and stops. Who does that? Because we've seen the, the devastation when it doesn't stop, haven't we? We've seen tsunami and think, my goodness, the power of water. But, and, and, you know, we could all be destroyed like that. But God says, stop here. And it stops. That's who God is. That's his power. That's the God that we serve. That's the God to whom we are loyal. That's the God that we need to seek every day, every day, so that we can be consistent. You know, Mordecai was not a wealthy or famous person. Just an everyday person like you and me. He had someone who was entrusted to his care and every day he faithfully, consistently fulfilled the calling on his life. He had a mundane job. He had to serve in the palace. But he did it with dignity. When a critical situation arose, he didn't run away. He sought God and he did more than he had to do. It wasn't his country. But he, he never complained. He never complained when he didn't get recognised for the fact of saving the king's life. He sustained incredible persecution from Haman, but his mind and heart never wavered because he trusted in God, almighty God. Let me tell you that God sees you. No one else may see what you do, but God does. And he has called you. There is no other you. No one with all of your emotions, all of your makeup, who you are. There's no one else like you. God's made you. And he's called you. And he says, will you be salt? Will you bring out the best in others? Will you be light? Will you help 
destroy the darkness and brighten the path so that you can make a difference in this world. Let's pray. Dear God, our Father, we thank you that you call us to this, but you don't leave us to try and do this in our own strength, but you give us the power. You give us the strength. You are great. You are almighty. And we can't understand you know, the, who you are in, in all of your fullness, but God, in little ways, you show us just how powerful you are. Help us to trust you. Help us to lean on you. Help us to not cast off what you have put inside of us and just leave it, but to take a hold of that and be the best me that I can be. And to leave what that's going to, let let it be a sacrifice to you. Let it be an offering to you so that you can take it and make it all that you want it to be. So So that there can be a difference in my world, in the people whom I meet. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us, even when we're not faithful. Even we forget sometimes. We're not everyday people sometimes. But you are every day. You're there every day. Thank you, God, for that.